you know my language for this. I call this the great reset of work. Uh, we're in the uncomfortable middle where we've got this constant process of lights going on, lights and going yeah. off again. We want certainty. We can't have certainty. There are places around the world, there are organizations, there are industries, there are geographies where people are starting to get their arms around the virus and starting to have somewhat more reliability about their work. But the truth is that we've shifted the calculus. We're going to continue to see, I believe, work market mismatches. And so here in the US, we talk about the great resignation. We talk, There's a lot of greats going on yeah. around the world related to work. Everybody wants to coin the new one. Uh, but basically, think of them as mismatches. That is, yeah. there's workers over here and work to be done over there and they're not together or there's a skill set that's needed over here and the worker is over there oh no no they're in the future we haven't trained them yet and what ends up happening in these great resets is that work markets don't suddenly all sort of calibrate again they don't it doesn't all fall back together perfectly and so you get a bunch of people retiring early or you get a bunch of people deciding i don't like this job i want to get another one and get paid better Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. This is the first podcast of the 2022 season. Up until the uh, mid-December of 2021, we had done or had delivered one podcast every day for 345 consecutive work days. And you can imagine how much work that is. And we said, you know what, let's take a little break to, to rest, because what happens is that, you know, so many conversations, so much stuff going on, we just wanted to give it a little bit of a break uh, in the podcast. And now we are relaunching in this 2022 season of the Hacking Nature podcast. And I can be more uh, excited to launch this series of 2022 with a great friend, expert in all things future of work, author his latest book, The Next Rules of Work, chair of uh, the Future of Work for Singularity University, been around for a long time, has seen so many transformations happening in the world of work now, witness of the transformation in HR. So I am excited to welcome you to my podcast, Gary. How are you doing? Welcome. Uh, life is good, my friend. It's great to see you. Likewise, thank you so much for being here for being my first guest of 2022, uh, of the 2022 edition of the Hacking Nature podcast. And I know we have limited amount of time and I wanna make sure that we cover as much ground as possible regarding what you think will happen in 2022 when it comes to trends, the role of HR, the skills, the mindset, the capabilities, which is you know the core of your book for uh, organizations in 2022. So let's begin with the beginning. What do you think will happen this year that is different from what we have already experienced at least over the past five to 10 years? So uh, you know my language for this. I call this the great reset of work. Uh, we're in the uncomfortable middle where we've got this constant process of lights going on, lights and going yeah. off again. We want certainty, we can't have certainty. Uh, so, uh, but there, there are, there's no question. There are places around the world there are organizations, there are industries, there are geographies where people are starting to get their arms around the virus and starting to have somewhat more reliability about their work. But the truth is that we've shifted the calculus for a number of different aspects of work. The first is that 
we're going to continue to see, I believe, work market mismatches. And so here in the US, we talk about the great resignation. We talk, There's a lot of greats going on yeah. around the world related to work. Everybody wants to coin the new one. Uh, but basically, think of them as mismatches. That is, yeah. there's workers over here and work to be done over there and they're not together or there's a skill set that's needed over here and the worker is over there oh no no they're in the future we haven't trained them yet yeah and so think of those as, as mismatches and what ends up happening in these great resets is that work markets don't suddenly all sort of calibrate again they don't, they don't all fall back together perfectly and so you get a bunch of people retiring early or you get a bunch of people deciding i don't like this job i want to get another one and get paid better and so that those mismatches are definitely, I think, the sign of the times. That's what we're going to be seeing over and over again yeah. in so many work markets around the world. You know, it, what do you think is the biggest mismatch right now that you can say, if we tackle that one, I'm not saying that this is going to be true, but, you know, we may have 80% of the equation, uh, you know, pretty much solved. If there was one that you can say, this has the most amount of weight in what's in, in the challenges that uh, organizations are facing today. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually put, them, uh, I'm going to give you two, but they're, they're the two faces of the same thing. All right. <laughs> so people ask me all the time. So should we be helping to upgrade humans that is train them faster and make them more ready for the work of tomorrow? Or should we change the system so that it's more inclusive and helps people develop faster and more effectively? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Those are two sides of the same coin. If we focus on what it takes to help humans to be able to learn the skills, the 21st century skills that they need as rapidly as possible, but then also change the system of how we bring people into work, how we develop people in work, so that is far less friction to it. And we can onboard people much more rapidly. We can apply their skills to problems much more rapidly. We can treat skills as an enterprise resource more effectively then we unlock a tremendous amount of human potential. And if we don't do those things, we leave old frictions on the system that will ensure that that work mismatch is going to continue. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is a little bit of both uh, organizationally driven uh, systems change and system upgrades. And on the other hand, that will hopefully allow people to not only learn because the organization is investing in them, but because they want to learn as well. And the friction has been removed from their you know, journey or the roads for them to invest in their own learning. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. And, and this is a calculus that the organization in the past wasn't often willing to do. Yeah. Paying it forward, training a worker in the chance that they might actually leave the company and go someplace else was one of the biggest reasons that a lot of corporations gave for not making that investment. Yeah. But if everybody is paying it forward, if everybody is helping to the workers to develop their superpowers and to be able to solve the 21st century problems, then everybody is going to benefit. Yeah. You know, what's, what's interesting about this actually is that, you know, in developing those superpowers, you know, when I, when I think about it, about it is, uh, or the way I think about it is that Right now, so many people are already spending so much of their own time on social media. And when you dig deeper into what they're doing, it's not just watching meaningless you know, stuff. They are learning to do things that may not have anything to do directly with their jobs, but they are you know, ways of learning that are increasing their acumen, their capabilities are awakening that learning spirit, if you will. So you know, uh, based on what you're saying and what I believe is, you know, just give them a little bit of, of extra leeway for them to do what they would naturally do, which is learn. 
Absolutely. I mean, I you know that I, I commonly use the picture of an iceberg. And I say you as a someone who leads in an organization, you actually only hired somebody for this tiny little amount that's above the waterline. Yeah. But that human has all this untapped potential. And if yeah. you not only allow them to be able to leverage that potential, but encourage them and provide them with the resources of developing that potential, you're going to find that you have access to skills you never even knew were already yeah. in the enterprise. Yeah. You know what's interesting? And I want to make this to my next question. When you think about the obstacles to make this happen, it's not money, it's not technology, it's not even the people don't want to do it. It is the mindset of the people that are that have to that have to architect these processes and systems so that they can actually happen. And this part of the uh, it's it's actually part of the uh, core of your book, uh, the next rules of work. You know how do how do we create the mindset for what's happening now and what's gonna what's gonna have happen tomorrow? So let me connect that to a question. What is what in your view? What is the mindset of business leaders and especially of HR leaders for this kind of organization for uh, you know to emerge? the kind of organization that allows people to, you know, unleash their own talents and find somewhat of an outlet at work to, you know, put them in, into practice, if you will. So every organization needs to go through the collaborative uh, group sport of defining yeah. what they believe are is the most critical mindset or set of mindsets within their organization. For some, it's innovation. For some, it's going to be about inclusiveness, uh, what I call involvement. But if there's any one consistent baseline for mindset, it's growth mindset. Mm. It's the belief that every single person actually has the opportunity to be able to be a growing and changing human being. It's what Carol Dweck in her book, Mindset yeah. Champions, is that we all need to have that growth mindset. And it begins with those who lead in organizations. If they are the ones constantly talking about the latest course that they took or the ways that they are developing as someone who leads in an organization, that's going to have ripple effects throughout the entire organization. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this question. Um, you know, I, I know you are uh, somewhat of a renaissance man, you know, and, you know, you, you, you've been in many different industries and, and, you know, keeping your pulse on many different things. What comes to your mind when when we talk about this idea of of, of uh, uh, you know business leaders, but especially HR leaders, understanding more about what's outside of the traditional realm of their expertise, and this in order to make them more valuable across the board and not just in their own vertical. What what comes to your mind when I say this? So the mindset that I encourage, and we can start with those who lead in HR. Yeah. Because I always say you need to be the change. If, yeah. if you're doing all of these next things that I talk about in the book, then you're good, that's going to have ripple effects throughout the entire organization. Yeah. So, so the, the, the first mindset is, is, a, is portfolio thinking. If you, if you really look at what we are as humans, we're a portfolio of skills, we're a portfolio of experiences. We have a range of different characteristics that are unique, that make us unique people on the planet. And if you, as somebody who leads in HR, if you think of yourself as having a portfolio of interests, a portfolio of skills, a portfolio of learning, you've got things you already know you're deeply masterful on. You've got other things you know nothing about, but maybe you're curious about yeah. and everything in between. And the more you are continually developing that portfolio, the more you will have this range of capacity not just the mindset, but an incredible skill set and the ability to leverage a next generation tool set to be able to solve the problems of today and tomorrow. And then if you can help to sponsor that mindset, skill set, and tool set for others, 
that's how you get a nimble and agile organization. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the, the question, you know, like, and I say this because I work in HR now, I come from, a, from an engineering career, you know, very specifically in electronic engineer. And, and one of the things that I have enjoyed the most doing is bringing together what I used to do before as an engineer with what I do today in HR and bringing those worlds together and creating something, you know, out of those worlds. How, how do you think we can effectively bring together areas that somewhat, uh, that some, sometimes are, you know, uh, seemingly very disconnected from each other? You know, say, I'm going to give you an example. Say you are a musician and you're also a nature leader. How would you bring these two things that are seemingly disconnected? How, you, how would you bring them together so that they make sense for you in the workplace and for your organization to draw value out of that? No, absolutely. So first, let's recognize if you have that, that portfolio of skills and interests, then you're a multifaceted person. And everybody is a multifaceted person. It's just there's a huge amount that's below the waterline that we don't know about. Yeah. So the opportunity is, first off, uh, you, you know, the research. Uh, Google and its uh, project Aristotle found there's only two major characteristics of the most highly effective teams, and that's psychological diversity and psychological safety. So the next time you go to do a brainstorming exercise, whether it's in HR or with some of your line of business stakeholders, bring in diverse thinkers. You want the musician, you want the artist, you want the engineer, yeah. you, want, you want people who come at problems with different mindsets. Yeah. And then you create psychological safety. That's the second aspect of effective teams. And you allow them to go through design thinking or what I call rapid prototyping exercises to be able to continually come up with new solutions. Yeah. And that's again, part of being the change. If you do that authentically and you do that embedded in those lines of business organizations, you will infect them with these possibilities of leveraging, leveraging so many different perspectives yeah. and coming up with solutions that you might never have come up with before. Yeah, I, I love that. And now I'm, I'm, I'm reading a book that I know you are a fan of, uh, you know, uh, David Ipsen's uh, uh, range. And, uh, you know, talking about broad thinking and, and expanding beyond just specializing in one thing and becoming this learner of multi, uh, you know, fields so that you can combine, you know, and, 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 and do better, you know, in, in one area. Um, Gary, let me ask you this. When, when you think about the skills uh, that you believe are going to be powerful in 2022, what, you know, what two, three skills do you think this year will either, you know, become top of the list or continue to be top of the list if they were not already there? So first off, again, mindset, uh, yeah. the mindset that, that skills are an enterprise resource. That's the first thing I'd say. So, so it's that's no matter what the skills you decide are critical for your organization, that you're bringing in those skills, you're developing those skills, and they're available across the silos of the organization, not just in you know, the narrow confines of specific um, uh, lines of business. Yeah. But the specific skills, I, I, it's, I'm hard pressed to come up with others than the four that I've suggested in the book. Pay, I call them PACE, problem solvers who are adaptive, creative, and with empathy. Yeah. I, I've, I've not seen anything that would guide me away from those four skills yeah. in 2022, because we're now emerging, hopefully, from that uncomfortable middle I talked about with the Great Reset, to hopefully the third phase of building back better. And what you're gonna need, rather than bungee cording back to the old way that we used to do our work, 
we need to double down on this set of flex skills, this you know, problem solving, adaptive, creative, and with empathy, because that's how we're going to figure out what the new value for the organization is. And that's a tremendous opportunity for HR. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gary, as we're getting closer to the end of our chat, I want to ask you one last question. You, you have witnessed uh, you know, several transformations, the transformation of IT, you know, 20 plus 30 years ago, the transformation of finance, you know, during the, you know, early 2000s with the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the financial crisis. And now you are witnessing, of course, you know, all that's happening with HR. Uh, people may say that I'm naive in thinking that HR is the trailblazer that will lead organizations and people into the future of work. I still believe in that. Sometimes not too, so much, but I, tr I try to mostly believe in that. But I want to ask you, based on what you have seen in the, in the uh, evolution of work, what do you think HR will need to do in order to be that trailblazer, in order to be that leader that is bringing everybody together, you know, uh, effectively, smoothly, satisfactorily into this future of work? So you know my mantra on this, which is a lot of those who lead in HR keep you know talking about how they get a seat at the table, yeah. and I talk about building the new table. So yeah. what what is the new table that HR has the opportunity to build? Well, there's no question that there's a set of adaptive processes that the organization is going to need to embrace, collaborative processes for continually determining the best ways to channel human energy to create value for the organization stakeholders. And if there's any one place that HR can follow, that they can focus on. I, I call it the hybrid work dance. For the next year, we're going to be going through a process of creating the next rules of where, when, how, and why people work. That's just going to happen. As some organizations are gonna bungee cord back to the old ways of doing things and force people back into an office. Yeah. But the nimble and adaptive organizations, the next organizations are the ones where HR will actually take the lead and say, we can do this in a collaborative fashion that allows us to continually help humans to be able to figure out how they can work together to be able to solve problems and create value for our stakeholders. And if you get that right, that collaborative process, rather than a set of tablets brought down from the mount about <laughs> how people are gonna work and when they're gonna work and how many days they're gonna be in the office, instead put in place the process Use the techniques and tools to be able to help people to continually agree on where and when and how and why they need to work in any particular week. Yeah. You will actually have created the infrastructure for that next organization. I, I love that. And the idea that comes to mind immediately is whenever somebody asks me, you know, what is the one thing that I believe will be a major a competitive advantage? I have to always say flexibility. You know, and what you're describing to me is this idea of flexibility, you know, not ruling or prescribing every single way in which people have to work, but more agreeing in some basic ground rules. And then from there, letting adults and, you know, which are probably your employees, hopefully, you know, adults be adults and be human and figure out, you know, how they want to do the work that they are supposed to be doing. So Gary, thank you so much for spending this time with me in kicking off our 2021, uh, 2022 season of the Hacking Nature podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Be thank well. you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. 
Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.